0: Welcome into Honorado and Company, and we are live at Alpenhouse. Boat, RV, ski, they've got it all here <laughs> in Amsterdam along Route 30. It's Chris Honorado. it's Ashley Miller. We'll give you another look here at exactly where we are, and I'm aboard a beautiful We're on a party boat. boat, a Barletta party boat. Absolutely awesome, Ash. It's uh, good to be back with our people here at Alpenhouse, how are you?
1: Good. How are you? There's a, there's plenty of country songs written about being on a boat, mm. and now we're on a boat, and it's March 31st as we uh, go live on social media today.
0: Yeah, are there any songs about working on a boat? No, I don't.
1: I don't think there are those.
0: We're missing some of the elements, but <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, we're we're getting enough of the experience here on this beautiful Barletta uh that you need to come check out this boat or the the fleet of boats that they have here in the parking lot ready to go um we will take you around here a little bit as we get you ready for the final four on honorado and company we've got a great conversation still ahead had to go hmm. with a boxer from ukraine who's going to fight in the title bout at rivers casino on saturday april 9th i mean i was blown away by this guy lou yeah. Romir pinchik You do not want to miss that. That's going to come up here in about 10 minutes or so. We're going to talk with the Indiana cheerleader, Cassidy Cerny, who rescued that game between (laughs) Indiana and St. Mary's. We've got her ahead on the show as well as the Popeyes Louisiana Fast Minute. Let's get it going here live from Alpenhouse in Amsterdam.
2: Is Honorado and Company brought to you by Alphid House?
0: And we are on an incredible boat here again, the Barletta. And uh, I'll give you a little bit of a look at it here in a second. But uh, Ash, let's get into the discussion, which of course is the final four. And every single week here on Honorado and Bagnardi in the month of March, we've been giving you the Honorado and Company bracket. Challenge and bracket breakdown presented by Pick Six Vodka.
2: And now the Honorado and Company bracket challenge presented by Pick Six Vodka. All
0: right, Ash, everybody always says, uh, How's your bracket looking? Mine, not so good. <laughs> yeah. Kansas. That's it for me in the Final Four. I had 11 of the Sweet 16, and I'm down to one Final Four team. We
1: were both in pretty good shape in our brackets. I had 10 of the Sweet 16, which isn't so bad. I also am down to one of the Final Four. Uh, And Kansas is also my one, so we are in very similar shape.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, would you pick Kansas to win it this weekend? If that's, in fact, what we kind of think will happen here as we give you a look at the Final four between Duke and North Carolina. First time ever. And Villanova and Kansas on the other side of the bracket. Nova and Kansas is the early game. And then we finally get Blue Devils and Tar Heels. Again, the first time ever in an NCAA tournament. Let's we'll talk about that first one, though, because we've got Kansas alive. Are you taking the Jayhawks here to get past the Wildcats?
1: I'm taking the Jayhawks to get past the Wildcats. I Listen, they've run into... Enough problems, um, but they've always seemed to respond, especially in the second half when they've been in trouble. The Jayhawks have responded in a big way. Uh, We've talked a lot about the injury to Justin Moore on the Villanova side. That's already a team that's not very deep. They go five or six guys, and to lose a starter to a torn Achilles with Justin Moore, uh, I think if you're the Jayhawks and you're Bill Self, you are going to go at the Wildcats early Try to get them in foul trouble because, as we know, there aren't a ton of guys who contribute off the bench for that team. So I'm going to go Jayhawks in this matchup. And to cover? Uh, To cover, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm on Kansas here too. And I'm on Kansas to cover. Um, I think they'll have a big second half. I, I look, a guy like Colin Gillespie is going to do everything in his power mm-hmm. to keep this game close for Villanova. But at the end of the day, I just think you mentioned some of them. I mean, uh and McCormick and Remy Martin. To me, there's just... Kansas is too deep. You talked about the lack of depth for Villanova. Mm-hmm. Give me Kansas because with a guy like Rummy Martin coming off the bench for Bill Self, that's a big deal. So I, I like Kansas as a one seed and the only one seed to get this far in this tournament to get by Villanova.
1: Yeah. And listen, the Wildcats are a team that at least in the most recent past have more of that national championship experience, titles in 2016, titles in 2018. Now, those guys weren't a part of that. It's 2022. But still, this is a team that's been in the conversation for Final Four and national title a lot in the last few years. Yep. Uh, I just don't think that it's going to matter in this case. This is a team that's kind of different than the, those Villanova teams of the past that we've seen. Those Villanova teams could score at will. This Villanova team... Isn't quite the offensive juggernaut that we've seen. They've been really good defensively in this tournament, which is also pretty different from the Villanova teams of the past. The last eight games, Chris, they've given up 56 and a half points per game. I don't think you're going to do that to Kansas, but if you do, the Wildcats win.
0: I think if you keep Kansas below 65, yep. you got a real chance to win this game. The Jayhawks will play in the 70s. Um, okay, so I'm hearing you say Kansas. And to cover, Kansas but maybe, cover. maybe not the over, maybe not the over. Well, yeah, so just, because look, Kansas, look at what they did in the second half against that Miami team. I mean, I, I that's maybe the best defensive effort mm-hmm. of the entire tournament. What Kansas did there? You what
1: know, they holding to the fifteen points or something? Fourteen like that? points. 14 yeah. Points, so I mean,
0: maybe, maybe we're feeling the under here, and mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really considered that as part of our conversation here. Are we going over or under? Mm-hmm. But. Maybe you tell me Villanova's this good defensively, and I'm telling you what Kansas is coming off in terms of the second half against Miami defensively. Okay, maybe maybe this is a game in the low 60s. I don't know. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure either. I was kind of giving you a scenario of, like, this is what Villanova has to do to win. I'm not sure that Villanova does win, but, yeah, I think that's what Villanova has to do. And Kansas has had issues – guarding and defending like a slashing type of guard. So if Villanova can take advantage of that and, and play well defensively, which they have, um, I think they'll be okay. And But Kansas, you talk about holding them under 65. You think they win the last 16 of the last 18 games. They've scored 70 or more. Yeah. So that yeah. is, you say that, but that task is a whole lot taller than I think uh, people
0: realize. All right, bringing the numbers here. I like that. You see the road here to the final four for each of these teams involved this weekend. Kansas beating Miami in the Elite Eight. Villanova getting by Houston in the Elite Eight. It's Chris Honorado. It's Ashley Miller on Honorado and Company here, live from Alpenhouse Boat. We're on a boat in Amsterdam. We are we are actually on a boat. There yeah, is no exactly. sun,
1: there are no adult beverages.
0: No, but we're no. on a boat. But there are some beautiful boats here at Alpen House, right along Route 30. And uh, we love being partnered up with Andy Heck and Katie Osborne, the great people here uh, at Alpen House. This We've is the boat you- we're on. This is the boat. It's the Barletta. And I, it, we're calling it like a party barge, pretty it, much. It's a pontoon. It's, it's a, monstrous. It's a
1: big pontoon boat. Yeah. You can fit a whole lot. Of, we could bring all of our friends on this thing.
0: There's more room on this boat than any of you out there have friends to fill it. <laughs> I'll tell you that much.
1: Well, Then we have friends to fill it. That's for sure.
0: At least people that you'd want to spend a good amount of time with. That's for we sure. Got and jet again,
1: they Yes, They've got it all. Here.
0: Yeah. Come on down. And if we've learned anything in the last two years, uh, it's a way to maximize our time with friends and family outdoors. Nobody does it better than Alpen So Absolutely. come on by and check out their selection of, of boats, jet skis. You heard Ash say it. And, uh, and we'll show you around the showroom here a little bit as we continue with the show. The other side of the bracket, though, of course, is Duke and North Carolina for the very first time in the NCAA tournament. And, of course, it would come in the final season of 42 with Mike Krzyzewski on the bench for Duke. I, I say it all the time. Sports is the truest and best form of reality TV And this is just further proof of that, that they've never met in the tournament before. And so, of course, it happens in Coach K's final season.
1: I mean, these schools are separated by miles, several miles. They've played hundreds of times in the regular season, in the ACC tournament. And it's just hard to believe. I've heard it before, and it's always hard for me to believe that until now, in the final four of this tournament, in Coach K's last season, that these two teams have never played before in the NCAA tournament. But listen, this is a ratings dream. Mm. We had all of the great stories, the double digit seeds, St. Peter's, but these are the teams, Duke and North Carolina and Kansas and Villanova. These are the teams that the big wigs want in this final four because this is what's going to draw.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right. Our guy Jay Pulaski's watching. Good morning, honorados. Yes. Carol, good morning to you as well. If you're watching us live, you find us every week on the News Channel 13 Facebook, Twitter and YouTube pages on Thursdays. Uh, if you're watching us on TV, you've got us on my four Saturday nights. All right, so this is the game that a lot of people have kind of wanted, even if they don't want to admit it, Ash, right? There are Carolina and Duke haters out there that say, I don't want to see these two teams in the Final Four. And I largely feel that way. But if you can make it a matchup, a head-to-head matchup, Mm -hmm. I'll take it every day of the week. Duke gets blown out in that final game at Cameron Indoor for Coach K's career by North Carolina. This is the time, and I believe Saturday night at 849 will be when Duke gets its payback. That four, it feels a little – but I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to give the points to Carolina here. I'm going to lean on this Duke team that I believe is more talented, maybe even just slightly, but beyond that, out for some payback here, knowing their guy, Coach K, is ready to ride off into the sunset, knowing – that ultimate bragging rights come with this game. So I'm, I'm on Duke to win and cover. Mm.
1: Uh, I think that game back on March 5th at Cameron Indoor is the X factor for me. Um, listen, if I had to pick two teams playing the best basketball in the tournament right now, it's going to be Kansas and it's going to be UNC. It's not going to be Duke. And yet, at the end of the day, I'm still going to go with Duke I don't know that I'm going to take them to cover. I think it's going to be a last-shot kind of game. Um, I hope it's a last-shot kind of game. But I think that those players probably felt so bad. I mean, Coach K came out on the court and apologized at the end of that game for how poorly his team played. And you have to believe that that affected those players. They they feel this responsibility to send their coach out, an all-time great, a Hall of Famer, the greatest coach in the history of Duke basketball, send him out uh, with the dream. Uh, the, the way you want to end every career, every storybook with a win, not many people get to do that. Um, so to give him a national title, to get him to the national title game in his final season, I think they're going to take this very personally. And that for me is what makes the difference. Forget the players on the floor. This is just a, a good old-fashioned hatred on hatred rivalry. Uh, I'm going to take Duke. I don't know that I take them to cover, but I'm going to take him to win.
0: All right, Sam's watching. He's rooting for a Duke Villanova final. Also, shout out, Ash, to the show that you did last. I mean, Wednesday night and now Thursday morning, a quick back-to-back here. Athletes complain about back-to-backs all the time, but uh, you're not afraid of doing it as you do it here. All right, when we come back here on Honorado and Bagnardi, so we've settled here that, Ash, you like Duke Duke. and Kansas.
1: And Kansas. And I
0: like Duke and Kansas. So it won't be. So, guess what right. will happen? Yeah.
1: UNC and Villanova.
0: We learned in here on Honorado and Company it's that uh, go against, fade our Right. Pets, Don't listen say, to us. Out in Vegas. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm so pumped for the conversation we have coming up here. And it's, it's one that I was able to record on Wednesday of this week with a boxer from Ukraine. Really who cool is stuff. Who's coming to Schenectady uh, to fight at Rivers Casino. First time they've had boxing now in five years at Rivers Casino in Schenectady. And the main event includes Lubomir Pinchuk from Lviv, Ukraine. His perspective on what is going on right now between Russia and his home nation. You do not want to miss this. Believe me, the conversation is coming up next right here on Honorado and Company.
1: Marcella's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, Gen Air, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in store, online, or by phone. We're here for you.
2: Happiness is found in simple things, the sun on your face, sharing laughs, at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family, there's never been a better time to go outside and play, Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. and now back to honorado and company brought to you by alpenhouse
0: that'll get you fired up for the first boxing event at rivers casino since 2017 and we've got the main guy in the main event right here on honorado and company on the news channel 13 facebook twitter youtube pages you're watching us on my four as well and let's bring him into the conversation here lubomir Pinchik, who's Getting ready to go at Rivers Casino in Schenectady on Saturday, April 9th. Lubomir, uh, it's great to see you. Thanks for doing the show. And um, I can imagine you're probably primed and ready to go after your last fight, which was in January,
3: right? Yeah. uh, First of all, hi. Hello to everyone, and thank you for having me. And yeah, like you said, it's been not that long. So I just need a couple, couple weeks to recover because I had a cut in my eye. But it's healing well, so I'm all fully to go good for
0: you Um, listen I I know you're in Pittsburgh now but you were born in Ukraine um I hope that through everything that's going on you feel the support of America and the states where where you now call home um tell us if you would just a little bit about what's going on back in your home town of Lviv and where your family still is and where you
3: still have friends well so I'm original from Ukraine from a city called Lviv. it's like Right next to the Poland. So, for now, I guess it's like safest city in Ukraine because that's where it's most of the people, refugees, run into. Like I talked to my friend a couple of days ago, and he said we have like 400,000 people moved to Lviv. Well, yeah, people running wherever they can go. I can't even tell you how many people run to Poland. But well, it's it's not too bad. But like my mom sent me a pictures a couple of days ago, like. All everything they fire and smoke it looked like a couple of streets up but it was actually airport so it was like two and a half miles away from my home so it's crazy it's crazy man i i didn't know i didn't know what and had those, all of those people who started that you know
0: are they scared are you scared i mean it's been going on for more than a month now is it be, is it unfortunately
3: becoming common well i i guess what the way i see it i don't think it's gonna stop because Putin. Putin is a crazy man and I don't think what he is willing to stop and I don't think he's willing to accept that he's losing a war. Which is for now, he's losing a war. He have he have a lot of losses. He have losses in all of his like equipment and he has losses in all of his people. So I think I think he's gonna go to the very end. Until someone at least someone will want to stop him, so
0: Okay, let me ask you one more thing and then we will get to boxing here. But yeah. this is what has fascinated me so much about your home country and the people living there you would never see this in america where everybody is ready to take up arms and to fight you would you would never see a former boxing heavyweight champion now a mayor ready to fight among trained forces what is it about the ukrainian people obviously there's a ton of pride but what is it about your people lubomir that just you're probably not surprised by this
3: not at all. Not at all. Like you said, it's a ton of pride and toughness and people just don't want to give up what belongs to them because we independent country, Ukraine. Ukraine is a country. Everyone knows about Ukraine more than they know about Russia. That's it. So we just, we just want to live our own life. Like not Ukraine started the war. Russia entered Ukraine and say trying to take our land. Like we're not, we just fighting back. We're not, we'd not going to their country, in their territory, to their land, and trying to like kill their people. If you if read the news, you see what Ukraine is protecting themselves. If Russian come closer to us, so we fight him back. If they do if they not do anything, not move, so we just stand in the same positions. And it is very impressive about Klitschko. Yeah, he's, in, he's the mayor of Kiev, and he's still staying until the last one. But what is even more impressive, Vladimir Klitschko, if I'm not wrong, he was living somewhere in, here in the US. And he, he especially flew back to Ukraine. He's like, no, I'm from Ukraine. I'm, I'm Ukrainian. I have a little daughter. So I want to protect my country in case you want to go and live in it. And not enough can be you No, know, it's, about- it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Like, they're they like true champions, true heroes, you know, in the ring and outside of the ring. Yeah. And
0: not enough can be said about your president Zelensky, either the, the what hey, he no one, to be honest no
3: one no one ever expected uh, stuff like that from him neither i remember when people choose him i already was here but no one was happy because he's like ex-comedian and stuff but right hey, he's he's living he's living like a like normal human like a simple man from a street like biden offered him he's like yeah i can transport you here to yes he's like i don't need a ride i need a equipment yeah he's the man he's the man
0: yeah, very cool. Uh, well, we are thinking of you, and we are thinking of everybody back in, in your home country as well, and I, I do hope that you feel that uh, as you now live in the States. All right, 25 years old. Uh, you've got a belt. You're putting it on the line Saturday night, April 9th at Rivers Casino. Um, talk to me a little bit about how quickly you've been able to get ready for this fight. As we said, you, you just won recently in January, and, uh, and kind of what, what type of fight? you're preparing for
3: uh well like you said i had a fight in january so i took like two three weeks off after a january fight and then after it i was straight back to the gym and i f- i filmed, felt a couple couple of days after that I'm in shape i had a couple of good sparrings and i'm all good to go mm-hmm. uh, and honestly what can i expect from federici i think he's, he's he's very basic he's very basic he's he's a little bit shorter so I think he'll try to outbox me from the very beginning, but then, which I'm pretty sure that he's not gonna be able to do that, he's just gonna come straight straight open to me, and we'll see we're gonna go well, I'm preparing myself for a tough fight, but we'll okay. see how it's gonna be if if I'll have a chance of I'll have a chance to end the fight before whole then go do the whole distance, so I'll do it yeah, you're a beast
0: man. I was watching videos of yours at at six three uh cruiserweight uh Thank you. not Thank you. not easy not easy to handle somebody like you uh in a ring at 14 2 and 1 and eight of those knockouts like you said you'd be going for at Rivers Casino uh in the main event um what got you into boxing initially I know you had great success in Ukraine as a national cha- two-time national champion you were part of the national team what what initially got you into this sport
3: uh my dad my dad was a big fan of boxing. He never had to do anything with boxing. He never done it by himself. But like we talk about Klitschko brothers. So when I was when I was growing up, I was like a little kid. Also, I was a very chubby kid. So maybe that's why uh, everyone was making fun of me, yeah, because I was kind of big. <laughs> and my dad was always watching the boxing. And one day, I was like, you know what? I want to be like them. I'm gonna go to a gym. And he's like, I know it is a boxing gym, Dad, but I don't think you want to do it. I was like, what do you mean? He's like. I don't think you can take it, you know, you'll have to train hard and do stuff. Well, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. But my dad did warn me before. He's like, you know, if you you really want to do it, you want me to send you to a gym. So you'll have to go all the way to the very end. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. Back then, I didn't know what's going to happen. And after like a couple of trainings, I was like, yeah, you know what, dad, I I didn't want to do that. It's like too late, (laughs) too late. Yeah, there's no way back now. And then, as soon as I started to have some amateur fights and a couple of wins, I started to liken it. And then, that's how all of this began.
0: Hmm. Uh, tickets are available. Go to riverscasino.com slash schenectady. Um, it's a star boxing event that's going on at, uh, at Rivers Casino on Saturday, April 9th. And Lubomir Pinchuk is our guest here on Honorado and Company. Um, all right, so you survived that kind of initiation into the sport then you become a national champion and i read that you felt like you had to move to the states in order to really i don't know step up your game or achieve the level of success you wanted take me a little bit behind that decision.
3: well as every amateur my goal was to go to olympic and have a olympic gold medal i didn't have a chance made maybe 2016. I was too young, I Just I was like 19 years old, and mm. I was not strong enough to, especially being a cruiserweight, an amateur. It's like a first heavyweight, not a super heavyweight, just a heavyweight. I was not strong. I was too young and like not fully built yet. And I had a bad year. Like I had a couple of losses. I I didn't do anything like major in the national championship. And I was like, yeah, I probably I probably should do something because I don't think that I want to wait until 2020. Like. I didn't want to, I didn't want to waste another four years and there's a no chance I'm going to make it. And I just started to looking for something different. And my dream was always student professional. like, like I'm said, I always wanted to be like a Klitschko brother. So I started to looking for it and here I am in Pittsburgh.
0: 250 amateur fights, 250. I mean, that, that number is astounding to me. Is that normal in Ukraine?
3: Can you imagine how many punches it is to my head? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but it is it is very normal. Yeah, we have we have a lot of fights. Yeah, like sometimes one week, not like every week, but when you have like some major like national tournaments, so you can have five fights, five fights in one week. Yeah. Wow! Like Uh, if you have if you have a very busy busy year, so you can have like a forty maybe fifty fights a year.
0: That's a career in the United States. Yeah, Um, it's
3: it's not everything. Is a little bit softer here, maybe smarter, you know. But I would say softer. I like that, man. You're not going to offend me, believe me. You punch
0: me right through this screen. I'm I'm not trying to
3: offend no one. I'm just telling it through, you know. That's
0: it. Hey, look, I was the first one who said there's no way you'd see Americans taking up arms the way they are in Ukraine right now. Uh, What are your parents? What do your parents think of you and the success you've had in this sport? That you, as you said, after two training sessions, you are ready to quit.
3: <laughs> well my mom my mom is not very excited about everything that I do because I'm I taking punches to my head, so she's not big big supportive in boxing. But my dad my dad is always a supporter. I mean he's happy what I'm doing, but it's not it's not end yet, you know. I still have a long way to go. Like I have this like N A B A gold belt, but I'm not considering like something major. So if I'll have a world title, yeah. That's already gonna be some sort of success.
0: Yeah, I would say so. You're doing okay, man, at 25 years old. Uh, the Demolition Man is your nickname. Where does that come from?
3: So when I get here to Pittsburgh, I had a, my first sparring session, and it was two guys. Uh, one of them was not that good. He was like, they asked me to work with him on my just uh, left left hand. That's it. And another one was uh, he was a pro. He was 16, 16 and two, maybe 16 and three. So well, he was decent, but Not, not what I expected to be for sixteen and three. So he was basically, yeah. I just step in and I had to, I have to show what I can because I wanted to stay here and I want them to be people being interesting in me and see like my full potential. And I just, yeah, I just destroyed him, man. And after my coach was like, yeah, you know what? We're gonna call you Demolition Man after. Okay, yeah, sure. And then you know what? They just stick with me. People started calling me Demolition Man and. I guess it's gonna stay with me until until the end of my career.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad nickname to have. Let me throw this back up here one more time. Check him out on Instagram, where he's gonna post pictures and videos of training and fights and stuff like that. All you have to do is put an underscore between Lubomir and Pinchuk, our guest here. Lubomir, um, man, I'm I'm fired up for this night for you. Um, I I can only imagine the people who are gonna show up with the blue and the yellow in support of you and Ukraine that night, it may be a wild scene in Schenectady. So I hope it is all that I'm building it up to be. And uh, and I know you will put on a show for the crowd. Riverscasino.com slash Schenectady is the quickest way to get tickets to this event. Man, Lubomir, good luck, dude. Uh, good luck on Saturday, April 9th. And thank you for taking the time here. And, uh, and our best wishes to you and your family.
3: Hey, thank you. Thank you a lot. Thank you for everything. Thank you for having me. Thank you for all the wishes. I appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Teams. Athletes.
3: Organizations. We're transforming the custom apparel industry through product and purpose.
0: claim your crown
2: and now back to honorado and company brought to you by alpenhouse
0: just had a great visit with andy heck one of the owners here at Alpen House, and uh, so thankful for his support, his partnership of the show on Honorado and Company, and everything we've been able to do in the last almost year. So almost been going at this for a year, and uh, we'll bring Ash back in here as uh, she is now on the floor. I'm wandering around. I'm still in the boat, uh, but Ash is now on the floor, and uh, she'll give us a little bit of a yeah. I'm just going to show show some
1: things off here a little bit if you can see. We got boats. I'm just going to walk you around. I mean, boats are, we got canoes. There's a canoe, kayaks. kayaks. Kayaks, yep, canoes. Yep. We've got ATVs, jet skis, and then here's a, a wide shot of the boat that Chris is on. Hey, Chris up am busy working. Yeah, he's working. So, yeah, beautiful place. Beautiful boats. Come uh, check out the Barletta. We'll join you if you want to buy the barletta, we'll come visit you during the summer. Yeah. We're happy to to jump on the boat and party with you.
0: Yeah, we would absolutely do that. All right, Ashwell, you get set back up here on the Barletta, as you mentioned. Let me get into my Popeyes Louisiana fast minute. And what a bizarre <laughs> off season it has been already for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we haven't even reached the draft. Tom Brady retires and 40 days later unretires. A few weeks after that, he has a head coaching change. Bruce Arians resigns. He's going to take a front office position. And all the speculation is was this something that Brady wanted? That when he told the Bucs, I will come back, but I don't want, but Bruce, I don't Arians want to- Bruce Arians around anymore. Could could that really could he have really done something like I say no? I really think that Bruce Arians might have looked at it and said, you know what, I've got an opportunity to move into the front office. I'm going to do exactly that. And I'm still not convinced that Tom Brady is going to stay in Tampa Bay. So I'm not buying that Brady made this part of the deal. I come back, you change head coaches. What a weird, weird offseason right now for the Tampa Bay Bucs. Todd Bowles,
1: who, by the way, will be the head coach. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it just feels shady to me. It feels so so strange. It feels like he's pulling all the strings and they're doing things because he's Tom Brady. Um, But listen, I think the Bucks did the right thing, and and we talked about, you know, they could have just released him or let him go, and that he would have signed with another team. So at least they forced him to come back to Tampa and play under whomever. Uh, It'll end up being Todd Bowles. I love Todd Bowles. Uh, I'm glad he's getting another shot as a head coach, Um, but we'll see how it goes.
0: And actually, our buddy Joel agrees with you. He says Todd Bowles deserves a second chance. Time with the Jets? Yeah, not super pretty. He did have a 10-6 and season in there, but yeah, not the absolute best. But tell me the last head coach that had great success with the New York Jets. Haven't been many of them. All right, Ash. Uh, I know we've got a guest waiting here, and that is Cassidy Cerny, who saved the day and had that one shining moment in the first round of the NCAA tournament. But before we bring her on, Ash, it is your chance here now for the podcast. Can you hear me?
1: I want to make sure you can hear me
0: we a okay. fast minute. Here we go. You're on the clock.
1: I'm on the clock, and this is about NFL overtime. Listen, everybody got so bent out of shape, and I'm not going to say I got bent out of shape. I didn't want anyone to lose that game. That game was so good. The Bills-Chiefs game uh, last year's playoffs was so, so good. An offensive shootout, two quarterbacks. Neither one deserved to lose, but at the end of the day, somebody lost. It was the Bills. They lost the coin toss. Chiefs march it down the field on the first possession of the game. Score, touchdown, game over. Okay, that's how it's been, though. These are the rules. Well, now the NFL is changing the rules, at least for this season. Only for the postseason, both teams will get a possession. If it's still tied after the first possession, okay, then it's sudden death after that. Feels like a knee-jerk reaction to me, but also if you're going to institute a rule, institute it for the entire regular season and postseason. Don't change the rules For just the postseason, I don't know of any other sport where that I can think of where you have a rule that's just over or just the regular season or just the postseason. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, and I'm with you. It was knee jerk reaction for sure. The the percentages to me were not so overwhelming. Right, seven of twelve postseason overtime games ended after the first possession. So it's more than half. I get it, but. I like Mike Tomlin's approach. He goes, I'm old school. You got opportunities during, you know, regulation to win the game or you've got an opportunity in overtime to go play some defense and to win the game there. So I'm, I'm with Tomlin on this one, Ash. I'm with you on this one as well. I'll take a quick time out here on honorado and company. When we come back, our second guest to the show, and she was a star of the first round of the NCAA tournament and people are still talking about it. We had, andrew catalan on the show last week and he talked about his experience and his call of that which has now turned into a t-shirt and a sweatshirt with breaking (laughs) tea and i love the age of nil especially for an opportunity like a cheerleader it's awesome stick around we're back in less than 30 seconds here on honorado and company
2: happiness is found in simple things the sun on your face sharing laughs at the campground Getting wet Relaxing together The love of family There's never been a better time to go outside and play Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV Bringing families together and creating memories since 1964 And now, back to Honorato and Company Brought to you by Alpenhouse
0: Major issues here in Portland. Why don't the cheerleaders, they're used to going up high. Then yes, get the cheerleader up. Get her up there. This is how you do it. Oh, she's got it. Oh, what a play. The cheerleader saves the day. And that's her one shining moment. I don't get tired of hearing that call. I can't imagine our guest ever will get tired of hearing that call either, Ash. Let's bring Cassidy Cerny into the conversation here, the cheerleader who did indeed save the day in (laughs) Portland. And Cassidy, that is our buddy, Andrew Catalan, who we've worked with uh, before his days with CBS calling NCAA tournament games. And uh, I love that he just, I think, captured it perfectly. When was the first time, you actually heard that call
4: um, probably about like 20 minutes after the game. Um, I didn't even know that it was on TV, <laughs> let alone what the announcer was saying. I just heard what was going on in the arena. So after I heard that, I was like, that made my moment like 10 times better. <laughs>
1: It's funny Cassidy I was talking to Megan who put us in contact with you and she said that you guys were so pumped up after you heard the call and you were like you know what that took it even to the next level and that's kind of what made it really really good is that something that you guys talked about just like the fact that he was into it made us even more into it
4: Yeah we both watched it at the same time together and we like listening to it with and with our team too was on the bus with us when we were watching it um we were all like, that made it so much better, yeah, <laughs> for sure
0: what uh how did your Instagram following change after that moment?
4: Oh boy, <laughs> a lot. I was at like a thousand followers, and now I'm at almost five thousand followers. <laughs> wow <laughs> it it keeps going up too. I thought it would have stopped by now just because it's happened a bit ago, but it it keeps going. <laughs>
0: Oh, we're showing it on screen right there. Cassidy with two Ys. Um, All right, how come it was you? How did it end up that you were the one that got to go after the basketball when it could have been one of your teammates, I imagine, who who would have been in a lift as well, no?
4: Yeah, it could have been anyone else. Um, Me and Nathan were super close to the basket already, Um, and I – When I am out on, like, game day, I am a different person. I'm so, like, excited, over-the-top, adrenaline. And I remember seeing that ball get stuck, and I was just up and ready to go. And I was like, somebody put me up, like, I'm ready to do this. And um, I remember a lot of the girls, like – it's a joke a lot of the time for us. And, you know, nobody actually thought that was going to happen. I was joking too, honestly, just being like somebody put me up as a joke, but it actually happened that time.
1: <laughs> Cassidy, listen, you're on Honorado and Company in Albany, New York, but I know that this is the least of your appearances. We've seen you on Kelly Clarkson, which is mm. also on News Channel 13 here in Albany. Uh, what have the last two weeks or so been like for you guys?
4: Uh, a lot of things have changed for sure. Um, mainly in our social media life in person, a lot of it has been the same. Um, I'm normally a very quiet person in like my classes and stuff. And that's definitely stayed the same, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of, you know, adding interviews in, in between classes and meeting with different people after, our school's done for the day and then going straight to practice after that or doing an interview in between practice and stuff
0: i mentioned the t-shirt from breaking tea um it's it's a, a variation of an indiana red um and it's got the image of you rescuing the basketball and it says the cheerleader saves the day um did did you have to give them the okay for your image ahead of that? And how quickly do those conversations happen after the game?
4: Yeah, I did have to give them the okay for that image. Um, it happened, I believe they reached out to me on Friday um, and then sent over a contract the following Saturday and wanted it up by uh, the week of Sweet 16 so as soon as possible so they could start getting that sold and it happened
0: and how's it going
4: it's been going really well the sales have actually been absolutely insane like better than i would have thought it would be i i don't i mean i don't know it's been so weird having people like
3: dm me and be like
4: i just bought your shirt like oh like So weird. (laughs) I mean, I hope. So cool. I I hope
1: all your family and friends have them, right?
4: Yes, they do. (laughs)
1: Perfect, Uh, Cassidy. Listen, the NCAA tournament. So much of the focus is on basketball, and I think part of the the thing that made this moment really so special was that it was all everyone was talking about, but it really had nothing to do with the game on the floor, and it shined a light on the cheerleaders for once, and you guys don't always get a lot of love. Have you heard from other cheerleaders around? And was it, what does it mean to just be kind of the representative for the sport on a big stage?
4: Yes, I have heard a lot from other different programs and um, just individual cheerleaders as well, whether it be like um, I do summer camps with UCA over the summer. So I've had a lot of those campers reach out to me and be like, they, they saw me on TV. It was super cool. And then they're like telling their friends they already know me. <laughs> um, and like past all star cheerleaders as well reach out to me. Um, it's been very overwhelming um, just because in the cheer world, you know, that skill is something that we mm. do all the time. But at the same time, especially for game day and college cheerleaders, it's we don't get that kind of recognition ever. And it's it's been super cool to be able to have people reach out to me and be like, you you actually like brought a lot of representation to not only game day cheer, but college cheer especially mm-hmm. too. And um, you know, now at this point it's showing like a lot of people that we do more than just you know, rescue and basketball or, you know, cheer on the sidelines and stuff. And yeah, it's been super cool. And I've been very blessed to be able to be that person for a lot of different programs in my program, especially.
0: I think it's so cool that you were thinking, hey, get me up there before anybody told you to. And that our buddy Andrew was like, hey, get Get her up there there, before anybody thought to. So as you saw a couple of rounds later, Arkansas was... Was quick to do it too. This this will be the new way. Now, you've you, you have already established, established the uh, the trend and the method, method of getting the, the ball down from the backboard. backboard. Really, really cool, Ash. Anything else?
1: No, just we're listen. We're so happy for you. I think it's really, really cool. I'm an athlete, and I love that we're shining the light on cheerleaders and other females. Obviously, Nathan was a part of that too. But uh, we love shining the light on great stories, and you have a great story. So, congratulations. Enjoy the ride. <laughs> uh, and uh, we hope you sell a whole lot of t-shirts thank you
4: so much
0: <laughs> all right Cassidy thank you and yeah go check out those t-shirts breakingtea.com they're hoodies too all I, right. I saw Andrew tweet hey I wouldn't mind a hoodie if somebody was gonna hook me up Maybe I don't I'll know if that's one. happened or not but yeah our thanks to Cassidy Cerny from uh campus in Bloomington Indiana here on us and into her class
1: schedule in between her p- class and practice schedule so thank you very much to her
0: yeah, that was cool. Thanks for hooking that up, Ash. Um, all right, that was right, my so, mom's idea. There you go. Credit to mom, Jacqueline Miller, all over <laughs> it. Uh, okay, Ash, let's let's go back to the final four that we've got here, and I'll throw up the bracket one more time to show everybody the road that got us here. And, and look, as much as I much respect as I have for a guy like Jay Wright and bill self and there's a lot of conversation out there about can you imagine if the ncaa has to hand over a national championship trophy to bill self given all that's going on with the jayhawks program it's the other side of the bracket that i and i think everybody will be focused on here i hope i can stay awake for it personally Eight forty nine on a saturday night given my schedule will be a challenge but duke and carolina coach k's final year hubert davis first year i mean Absolute opposite ends of the spectrum in regard to that. Carolina's an eight seed; they're not supposed to be here. Um, I had them in my bracket to beat Baylor, but then I would have—I had them losing to UCI in the next round. So the Tar Heels were not expected to be here, but they went through the one, they went through the four. Now they didn't have to beat the three because hello, St. Peter's, and we'll talk about Shaheen Holloway in a second here. But what in this matchup, Ash, for you, do you think will be the difference?
1: Uh, listen, I think we've talked about how important UNC's guard play is, uh, with RJ Davis and Caleb Love, both of whom have been fantastic, uh, in the postseason in the NCAA tournament. But for me, it feels like Duke is a little bit of an offensive juggernaut right now. Hard to stop. They've scored 78 points or more in nine of their last 10 games, uh, that's really good. If they score 78-plus in this game, I think they're going to win. Um, they're number one overall in adjusted offensive efficiency. Where they lack is on the defensive end, number right. 45 in adjusted defensive just defensive efficiency. So uh, I think that's going to be the difference. Can they guard? Can they control what UNC does well? Because we've talked about the quartet that the Tar Heels have, Manic, Baycott, inside. Those guys are big, they bring down a lot of rebounds, and they can uh they score a lot around the bucket. So
0: it's gonna I'm be that
1: still picking Duke,
0: yeah. It's gonna be that matchup of guards, right? We mm-hmm. talk about it all the time in this NCAA tournament. So it's gonna be Roach and Love that I'll be keyed in on. Yeah. And then I'm with you, can Duke keep Baycott off the boards? He had 20 and 22 yeah. in the Elite Eight game, and I get it. That's St. Peter's, they're a Duke is a totally different beast. But Baycott now, with those numbers 20 points, 22 rebounds in the Elite Eight game, he, the last guy to go 2020 in the Elite Eight or later, 1983, Akeem Olajuwon in the Final Four. It had been a very long time since somebody in college basketball deep in the NCAA tournament went 20 and 20. Duke's different than St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. I get it. But Baycott could create some real issues for this Duke team. If they're able to block him out and they can neutralize Love a little bit, guys we haven't even talked about yet, like Bancaro, yep. are going to make a huge difference in this game. He, he looks like somebody who's on a little bit of a mission here, knowing he's a lottery yep. pick, knowing he's a top three, top five at the very least pick in the upcoming NBA draft. He's out for a title and he's been more aggressive taking the ball to the basket, which I've been really impressed by. And that has allowed him to then knock down some threes as well.
1: Yeah. And listen, we you say we haven't talked about Carrow. We also haven't talked about a guy like Mark Williams. Uh Theo John comes off the bench. Yeah. Like they are they're deep. They're good at the rim. Um, the one thing they don't do a lot is force turnovers and they have issues guarding the three. So I think they're going to need somebody else, and maybe that somebody else is a guy like A.J. Griffin, who we saw light up Hughes at times this year. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the three. I think they're going to need points elsewhere because UNC isn't a team that gives up a lot of second-chance points. Those guys like Baycott and Manik can bang down low. So uh, Bankero, Mark Williams, they're not going to get a lot of second chances. So if they don't put it in the first time, they're going to have trouble doing getting second-chance points against a team like UNC.
0: What a great story St. Peter's was, and look, the stars just so perfectly aligned that as Shaheen Holloway was leading St. Peter's, the first 15 seed to ever reach the Elite Eight, Kevin Willard moves on from Seton Hall and takes the job at Maryland. Of course, as soon as that happened, the conversation was already, well, Shaheen's going to get a job somewhere else. He's not going to be at St. Peter's next year because of what he's done in this tournament. Then the Willard move comes, and everybody says, well, obviously, he'll be the next head coach at Seton Hall. And I agreed. Yep. However, I did think there may be a bigger job out there for him. There may be a Power 5 conference job out there for him. As perfectly as it is aligned, Shaheen Holloway on Thursday is announced officially as the new head coach at Seton Hall, 22 years after he led the Pirates to the Sweet 16 as the point guard. A guy I remember watching. Um, He's the program leader in assists. He was phenomenal as a point guard for them. And now at 45 years old, gets to be the head coach at his alma mater. Really cool.
1: Yeah, just such a cool story. Uh, An easy guy to root for. You see his family in the stands. And this is a team we see a lot of uh, covering Siena and the Mac here in the Albany area. And if you had told me a month ago that this is going to be a team that was going to win a single game in the NCAA tournament, let alone three games in the NCAA tournament, I would have said you're crazy. And I don't know that anyone... Uh, outside of that program would have said that. And if they did, then they're probably lying. Um, But what they've done, what he's done is incredible. They've played great basketball at the right time. They've gotten better all year long. They were playing their best basketball. And it's not like, I always say this, you can't just accidentally win games in the NCAA tournament. You can't accidentally win three games in the NCAA tournament. You can maybe accidentally win one and get lucky, but you can't beat a team like Kentucky, then come back and beat a ranked team in Murray State and then be and win another game. It just it doesn't happen. So this is a legitimate team um, and good for Shaheen Holloway. There probably was a better job. I don't know if it got offered to him, if people got in quick enough. But I think a lot of times the tug at the alma mater is stronger than anything else. So you want to take that chance, go to Seton Hall, see what you can do. And if you spend, you know, five or ten years there, get them back to the tournament, and then you want to move on, great. But it, the alma mater is tough. When that, that job opens, it's hard to turn that down.
0: And look, he's from Queens. Mm-hmm. He moved to Jersey when he was a kid. This is home for him, so I get it. it. It may not be the SEC or the ACC, but but this is home for him, and I'm sure they'll pay him well enough. It's a six-year contract that he's going to get from Seton Hall, and in the age of the transfer portal, Shaheen Holloway makes a move. Happen. Who can he bring with him yep. now? I'm not saying from St. Peter's. I just mean sure. in general, like how you know he becomes a really good recruiter here pretty quickly, I think, to the Seton Hall program.
1: Yeah, I I agree. Um, It'll be interesting to see. He may bring one or two guys from St. Peter's with him, but you're now, you know, you're stepping it up to the next level where you have to now compete with teams that are no longer considered mid-major. So he'll definitely have to recruit different types of kids. But if he recruits as well as he did at St. Peter's, he clearly Hmm. recruited guys who could hack it with the best in the country. So maybe he can bring a team like he had um, at St. Peter's to Seton Hall and succeed. There's probably, I guess, there's no reason why he can't because he played with a team like Kentucky, who has, who will have draft pick upon draft pick uh, on that team and always does, and beat the team, that team. So,
0: one of the first rules about live TV or radio is never really ask a question you don't know the answer to, but I'll do it now anyway. Okay. Good. Uh, in defo senior, any yep. eligibility left?
1: AC. Uh, I don't know.
0: Okay. I don't That's know. Wh- that's why I don't ask these questions yeah. without knowing the answer. Yeah. But Because as you talk about, hey, maybe he can bring some guys.
1: Graduates for any guy like that. He'd hey, obviously Joel.
0: be one of them. Joel says, tremendous opportunity for Duke on Saturday. Have to favor them. Yeah, no doubt. Both and that's of us why, do. That's why Vegas has them as four-point favorites. As much as it hurts me. The element of payback here, right? I mean, if, if Vegas was just looking at it in a vacuum, you'd say, wait a minute. North Carolina's an eight seed. They're obviously playing very well. They're hot. They've beaten a one and a four on their way to the, to the final four. And they blew Duke out the last time these two teams yep. met. How could they be under? Well, because we're watching Duke's games as well, and they clearly uh, are a team that is clicking on all cylinders right now. Joel also points out that uh, this would have been – Major League Baseball's opening day. Mm-hmm. Which do the show on March thirty first. said it's a week later, and they'll still play a full one sixty two. Mm-hmm. But now we've got to wait uh, until April six seven to get opening day in for Major League Baseball.
1: The question is, would you be surprised if it's UNC? I'm not. I'm not surprised by anything anymore. Um, but I just think, like, how poetic would it be if Coach K's final game comes at the hands of UNC? Like, you can't. I understand the storybook ending that Duke fans want and that probably other basketball fans want is for Coach K to ride off into the sunset with his sixth national championship. That's not what I want. (laughs) But how poetic would it be if he loses in the Final Four that it's to his arch nemesis, his arch rival, and the team that he's probably played more than any other team uh, in the country?
0: Yeah, that might be more irony and poetry. Yeah. The other yeah, the would other be way. the other way if he it. is able to beat Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were able to beat Carolina in the championship game in his absolute fight, that is. There's nothing more poetic mm-hmm. than that, absolutely. But yeah, the just again the irony that they've yeah. never met before in the NCAA tournament, and here they are, not in a second round matchup yep. in the final four in Cheshevsky's 42nd and final season. It's so good on the Blue Devils bench. It's just so good. You can't write it any better.
1: I'm pumped about it. And I listen, I hate as a Syracuse fan. I hate both teams. I hate Duke more, um, but I'm so excited to watch this game just because of everything, the whole storyline, everything that all the consequences that come out of it. um, It's just so good. We're going to be talking about it for weeks after, no matter what happens one way or the other.
0: Will you be able to lock in at work and really watch that game? Yeah. Late I, think game. So. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. Eight forty nine. I hope so. Yeah. All right. We're live at Alpenhaus in Amsterdam. Boat ski a boat. pool. RV. They have everything in Amsterdam at our specific location, though. You've got the boats, the kayaks, the jet skis, everything you could possibly want for fun on the water. Yeah, ATVs as well as we get more into the uh, spring weather here in the Capital Region. Eventually, we are on a Barletta party barge. (laughs) This thing is incredible. As I said earlier in the show, more room then you have friends in your life. Come on down and check it out, especially in this age of wanting to do more outdoors, wanting to do more with friends and family. Alpenhouse is the perfect spot for that and a partner here on Honorado and Company.
1: I mean, you could fit what? I mean, 15 easy on this boat. 15 easy. I'm not sure what the technical capacity is, but Mm -hmm. 15 easy. you You could get 20 people, I'm sure, safely.
0: Yeah, get find some little people, you know, and uh, <laughs> and pack them on here. That's for sure you get plenty of room on this boat, the Barletta. All right, uh, next week, probably a little bit earlier in the week, is as yeah. Ash and I are going to take a little vacay. Getting out of we, here. Will, we will still have the show for you, Honorado and Company, as uh, we will be into Major League Baseball season by the time we do our normal Thursday show slot. And we'll have a national champ. And we will have a national champ. We will also, what? Have the first round of the Masters uh-huh. next Thursday. Will Tiger Woods play quickly, Ash? He he played a round of 18 practice at Augusta. Do you think Woods tees it up for this Masters?
1: Uh, I don't think so. That's going to be my short and dirty answer. I don't think so.
0: I don't think so either. I, my guess is he probably woke up the next day and thought, that's yeah. a difficult course yeah. to walk. <laughs> I did it once but now I'm potentially going to have to do it four straight yeah. days. I'd love for him to be out there, but I just, I don't think it's the smart move. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to say no Tiger at Augusta. Still, the Masters is always such a great thing. and we will be keyed into that for sure. Thanks for watching, everybody. Honorado and Company on the News Channel 13 Facebook page.